Welcome to One Question Wednesday. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. This is episode 12, where I talk with Martin McPhillamy, who is a coach specializing in sleep, breath, health, and wellness. And Martin and I have a really cool chat about building awareness of our body and the feedback that it's giving us, as well as why adding discomfort and resilience practices like ice baths and like adding breath holds to exercise and even breath work uh, are so beneficial to our overall health and to becoming resilient. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. There's a lot of great information for your own practice. And if you're curious about um, doing ice baths and you've never done one before, uh, this is a great place to start. So I hope you enjoy. So uh, welcome to One Question Wednesday, a podcast where we ask uh, questions about meditation, breath work, wholeness, wellness, uh, and resilience. And uh, that's one of the things I'm excited to talk with our guest today. And our guest is Martin McPhillamy. He is a um, health coach, sleep expert, um, breath coach. What else do you do, Martin? I know you're a man of many talents. Uh, my background was always sleep and respiratory science. So I came for a uh, clinical science role in the medical field. And uh, I essentially I discovered that there was gaps because there's such a rigorous kind of, I guess, box put around medical practitioners to say, hey, look, they can only treat people in certain ways. But when it comes to sleep and when it comes to stress, uh, sorry, when it comes to sleep and breathing, I consistently saw that stress was the, the major issue for both of them. But that was never really diagnosed by a specialist. So I worked with cardiac specialists and uh, respiratory specialists. And they were like, okay, well, your lungs are fine. Your heart's fine. Why is this whole system not working properly? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wanted to take a step away from that and go into more specialized kind of consulting and coaching and help people uh, improve their stress, uh, you know, raise their intolerance uh, to, to stress through breathing, which also then improves their sleep quality and uh, their, their whole health in general. Awesome. That's, that's, that's a tall order. And I'm glad that you're out there filling in those gaps. So yeah, the question for today's show um, actually came from a post, a recent post that you did that I really resonated with me. And, and I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about it. So the, in the post, you said, building awareness through feeling the signals your body produces under stress and being able to regulate yourself is one of the most powerful things you can do for health, mindset and performance right now. So can you just, uh, you know, elaborate on that a little bit and maybe we can, you know, kind of chat about it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess, uh, there's many issues that are going on at the moment. Number one, uh, we're reliant on external technologies a lot more than we were beforehand. So we're, uh, you know, we've got watches on our wrists that tell us when our heart rate's going up or going down. It might buzz for some reason. We're checking apps on our phones to look at our health. Um, or we're even outsourcing to doctors to say, Hey, I think I've got a problem. I don't have no, any idea what it is. Can you tell me what it is? Whereas thousands of years ago, humans wouldn't have had that, but they would have been able to discover that they have an issue wrong uh, or something that was going on within their body. And what I was really pointing at was connected to emotion and what emotion is. Now, if we strip down to what an emotion is, emotion is basically, uh, we only know what's going to happen in the future based on our previous experience from our own personal past and a collective past. 
Now, if what happens, if we have a, a pre-assumption in our mind that's unconscious and then something happens mm. in the external that doesn't match that, it creates a, uh, no, something that's unexpected, which causes an emotion, whether that's anger, whether that's fear, whether that's what's going on. And that's continuously happening all day long. Right. But because we're so cognitive nowadays, we're up in our mind, we're always processing thoughts, we're stressed, we're not really feeling what's going on in our body. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, because we are, like I just said, we're so external. But number two, because, because we're so stressed, we're not connected to our, what's called our interoceptive system in our body, which is like a, an eighth sense, really, to say mm. inside our body, our heart rate is either beating fast, our breathing rate is fast, uh, we're breathing deep, our internal organs, what the state, what state are they in? And it's like our feeling function. It's our feeling function of awareness inside our own body. Mm. And that's, as you may know, it's all connected through uh, the signals that are sent from the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is, the 80% of the vagus nerve is just t- detecting what's going in the body, sending it back to the brain and saying, this is the state of our body. Is it stressful? Is it, uh, you know, are we safe? You know, the, the polyvagal theory by uh, Stephen Porges, you know, are we in a safe place? Yeah. So we, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And because we're not connected to our body, we're more in our mind. When I think there's a lack of awareness of what people, how people experience their own emotions, how they feel them, how they recognize them. No, does anger make your heart rate go up? Does it, do you get this kind of tension in your body? Do you, when you're nervous, do you get something in your stomach to say you're nervous? Are we paying, are we really paying attention to that anymore? So I don't believe people are. I think it's kind of a, and there's many people, there's there's many of us are exactly the same. And, um, it's, that was what that was about. What I believe is the key to our performance and our health is, not being so reliant on external needs, but being able to recognize first in our own self-awareness, our own bodily awareness, and our own health awareness through feeling function of what's going on internally and being able to then, I guess, process that to what's going on out externally, whether that's through a means of being able to tell people, this is how I feel, and then labeling the emotion. Once you've labeled an emotion and you know how it feels, it's almost like you can pick that up a lot faster right and with practice uh and that might mean putting yourself into a state of fear and that's where the things like ice baths come in or i prefer to use high intensity exercise followed by breath control because then you set enough kind of uh, fear of uh, panic in your body so i work with individuals typically who might be high performance or high function individuals but have anxiety and one of the things I get them to do, usually in week two or week three of working with them is, okay, let's get you in the gym. Let's get your heart rate up. Let's get you doing some burpees. Then I want you to try and sit down. I want you to try and control your breath. And I want you to try to add some breath holds in there. But I want you to sit and hold the urge of that breath hold and just notice how it makes you feel in your body and then what stories are created in your mind and what goes up into your head. And are you able to have some control over that? And what happens eventually is, People get used to the feeling of that panic, that fear, the anxiety. They recognize the signals, but they realize through their breath, they can actually control it and they have, they can stay calm in their mind. And all of a right. sudden you've give, all of a sudden you've given individuals a tool that they can use for the rest of their life. Whenever they feel that same urge, which is an innate urge of fear, which happens to everyone every day, you know, for the rest of their life, but they realize they have a tool inside them. That doesn't mean they need to go to anywhere or anyone that they can actually use there and then. So that's, uh, that's really what that post was about there there's so much there i feel like there's like three different directions that i could take this because it just all of it resonates so strongly to me 
my initial reaction reading your post was something very similar to what you're talking about of like, this is to me, the magic of doing things like uh, ice baths. It, you know, I know that there's uh, a list of health uh, benefits from, from doing that. I've never focused on those in my own practice or working with clients. It's always been look at the story that's happening in your mind. The moment, like even, you know, sometimes it, I'm so clued into it. It'll be like when I get up in the morning, even if I have to take an ice bath in the afternoon, like if today's an ice bath day by the app, you know, even when I'm getting up in the morning already, there's a little story in my mind of like, do I really need to do this today? You know, and that's after a few years of, of, of doing this practice regularly, you know, it's like, it's, but as soon as I've made that decision that I'm not going to back out, that I'm, this is what I'm doing. It, it, it gets so much easier. And so when I, when people are getting, you know, used to this practice, I always tell them, just watch the story. And especially Mm -hmm. like, as you're walking up to the, you know, to the bath, watch your, watch that story because it's that, it's that moment when you get in and you catch your breath and you realize, Oh wait, I'm not going to die. You know, like I'm not, I'm not in danger. You know, you brought up the polyvagal theory. So I'm not in danger. I'm actually safe relative, at least relative to what I thought I, Mm -hmm. you know, where my safety was at before. And then that's when all of a sudden the changes start to happen. You know, you can relax into it. And so I really like that you touched on, you know, using a similar practice with, exercise and breath holds because you're giving people this experience of, Oh, the story that's in my mind isn't necessarily like true, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, 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 and I've found that having that little bit of space is something that you can cultivate and widen. Right. And then there's just so many benefits to um, putting ourselves in these, you know, slightly stressful um, environments because we're, we're healing, you know, yeah. I, I love that you work with, with exercise because isn't that what the, you know, what, what we're doing with our bodies physically, right? We're mm-hmm. stressing them out. We're, we're tearing them. We're tearing our muscles a little bit. We're putting ourselves under a little bit of stress so that we can heal and get stronger. Right. And so I've always looked at ice baths as sort of like the, that, that, that same activity, but for our, um, you know, for our psyche, for our mind, for our, our nervous system. Two things, I guess, that you know, pop up for me there, what you're saying, especially with the ice baths or cold exposure in general, is I like how you focused on you. you know, once you're in there, you can kind of relax. But there's also the anticipation that has something to teach you. Now, when you're, you know, if you're, if you're trying to become someone who is a high performance individual, having the fast decision making skills is a, you know, a characteristic of someone who's high performance. Now, if you're sort of an individual who is always like, Oh, I'm not sure if I'm making the right decision. It's a bit scary. Like, do I go left or do I go right? No, which way is that going to take you sort of thing? But if you're having to say have a cold shower and you're, you've got to stand underneath it and you've got to flick on that, the cold shower straight away, there's all, when you start, there's an anticipation. You're concerned, right. like, you, it's like you, 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 you pause for a moment. But what I think that does is it just teaches you to just go, okay, just turn on the cold shower and don't even worry about it. And that's where I started with, with, with uh, cold exposure. It was more about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and making right. yourself being able to just do things without hesitation, like just having the confidence just to go and do something that could be quite scary or not or uncomfortable. 
So that's one angle that I, I you know that I love from that. But also what we're doing is as well, we're teaching people, we're planting a seed of a growth mindset. You know, if you're able to change the frame of an individual's thought, that was something that was really scary before them. When the next scary thing or next fear comes towards them, again, they've always got that courage inside them to say, hey, actually, I can reflect on that time before where I've done that. Or it's built the resilience like we talked about to say, actually, the fear isn't as much as I believed it was or the story in my head isn't as true as it was. So I'm going to be able to take that action anyway. Yeah, there's something about, you know, other people have said it much more eloquently than I'm going to right now, but do things that suck, but practice doing things that suck so that when you inevitably have to do things that suck, you don't have a choice. You know, you're more, you're more trained to it. You know, you're, you're, you're more used to it. And I had the exact same, you know, uh, a very similar experience. You know, I started doing cold exposure after I got divorced and while I was going through the divorce, because it was like, well, I'm going to have to do a bunch of stuff that is I'm not going to be happy with and I don't want to do. But do I have a choice? Not really at this point. So maybe if I get in cold water every day, and just like you're saying that, that dealing with that anticipation and um, being able to just hold it, to not be um, a slave to it, and you know, just to feel it, to let it, let, let it flow through me, there's got to be a benefit to that. And I, I've truly feel that, you know, that having that practice made uh, going through that divorce process a lot, a lot easier. You and I were, t- were talking a little bit the other night about latest Huberman um, podcast. And he was talking about a, a study where they had uh, a mouse, uh, you know, on a wheel, right? Because mice love to use the, the wheels. And it's really g- good for them, right? It's giving them exercise. It's letting off endorphins. And then they had another mouse that was trapped inside of the wheel, but his wheel was connected to the first mouse's wheel so that every time the first mouse used the, used the wheel, the second mouse was forced to also exercise as well. Well, the, the health benefits to the first mouse were way more, right? Because the second mouse was getting, um, signals of anxiety, uh, stress you know, uh, powerlessness, I would imagine, right, for a mouse. Mm-hmm. And whereas the first mouse who was voluntarily exercising was getting, you know, all these benefits and all these healthy things. So it just goes to show you like the the power of our intention and of like actually willingly going into these situations. Like that's where we're actually getting this these benefits to our, you know, to our neural systems, to our nervous systems. Whereas if, if we're dragging our feet and we're listening to that voice, it's like, oh, don't do this. You know, we're just not, we're not getting the same benefits from the practice at all. Yeah. Both on a physiological or psychological level. And, and th- I take this into breathwork practice, you know, and, and breathwork prescription. I, if someone sits there and they, they, after a few weeks, like, Martin, look, I've tried to do it every night for 10 minutes or five minutes. Like, and it just makes me feel more uncomfortable. And okay. Well, you're a stressed person. I'm not going to force you to do this. Let's try and figure out what's going to be beneficial for you. Now, is it just going to be taking it down to three minutes of work or is it starting a little bit less so you can kind of hit a goal, get that goal, hit the dopamine, have some kind of reward, some praise. Then the next time you kind of go, okay, well, five minutes, what's that? What's that then? Because I know I've read this, I read the study myself and looked at it and there is a, a definitely a, a choice element of choosing to intend to go into it. And the first thing I think when it comes to neuroplasticity and change is, is intention. 
is right. like you, ha- you have to have the intention, but not the intention that is external. Now, you can't go to a coach and then just go, oh, coach just told me to do it, so I'm just going to do it. You've actually got to want, <laughs> you've, you've got to want to create that change. And for you, you know, going through a, through a divorce where you can, you're going up, well, actually, it's probably a big enough factor in your life to say, actually, I want to create some change inside me to be able to be strong enough to go through this and to, to get through the other side. Like, that's a, a powerful anchor point to say, hey, look, I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, our, you're absolutely right. Our, our brains are so plastic and so able to, to adapt and change. And just to sort of bring it full circle to what you were saying in the beginning, isn't it interesting the, the flip side to that, where if we're not using those awareness skills and those neurons and strengthening them, we're start, we're starting to actually like sort of, um, outsource those, you know, mm-hmm. even with technology, with our watches and our sensors instead of cluing in. And then it's, you know, that's, that's another way that our brains are actually plastic, right? In a different way where we can, I had to write a paper in college about, you know, how we're becoming cyborgs uh, just with our <laughs> cell phones, right? Because there's things, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, we had to remember numbers that we don't have to remember anymore. And, and you know, I, I would can't even imagine what it's like to be in school right now when you can just open your phone and get every single answer that the teacher would possibly ask you, you know, mm. uh, in your pocket. So yeah, definitely strengthening those, um, th- th- those neurons and that awareness, uh, is, is, uh, is a skill. And I'm really excited that you gave me a new way to practice that, you know, um, that I'm going to look into, um, using the exercise and the breath holds because the ice baths have been really beneficial for yeah. me so far. Yeah. So I guess, uh, maybe to give you a bit of value in uh, anyone who's going to listen, a starting point would be really to, you know, when you finish some, some kind of high, in- high intensity exercise, try to sit down or lie down on your back, just nasal breathing, maybe take five breaths to allow yourself to recover, but then go into some kind of control or whether that's just, uh, you know, prolonging your exhale, but a shorter inhale, but at the top, have a, a hold when you're on, on, on full. Until you get like a, if you're a beginner, maybe a light urge to, to breathe out. And then at the end, maybe just a couple of seconds because an exhalation hold is, is very challenging and build from there. So I might particularly start as individual going three seconds in, five second hold, six seconds out with a two second hold. Do that for a couple of weeks. And then can you push it up to 10 seconds at the top and three seconds at the bottom? And can we expand that out as we go along to the, to the point where you're, you're, uh, Number one, your CO2 tolerance is improving because you've got CO2 rot going through your body at the time. But number two, you're getting the psychophysiological relationship to your own top-down control from your your prefrontal cortex to the rest of your body through your breath. Um, yeah. So yeah, just see whether you can expand that out over, over a period of, of, of weeks. Awesome. That's a great tip. And I really appreciate you providing that value for people. No worries. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Martin. Um, if people want to work with you or learn more about your um, work and your offerings, where should they go? Yeah. Uh, if you actually click in the, my bio link on, on, on here on Instagram, you'll find my website. Uh, Performance Through Health is, is, is the company that, 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 um, that I've named my, my, my and on there really. And you pretty much find me on social medias through Performance Through Health. Yeah. You're doing a, a, a program about like sleep, sleep health and improvement right now, right? So currently my focus has been on uh, sleep. I go through, tend to go through breathing, then I'll go through stress, then I go through sleep and I go through cycles just to deliver in uh, value to try and oh, awesome. ha- help the audience through that. 
Very cool. Well, definitely appreciate your time and your uh, knowledge and also for getting up early to uh, to chat with me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. And appreciate for the invite for bringing me on here as well and having a chat. Yeah, absolutely. So I usually uh, will pull the video down and then repost it so that you can post it on yours or download it as well. And thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back uh, next week with another One Question Wednesday. Until then, thanks everyone. Have a good evening or good day wherever you're at. Thanks for checking out this episode of One Question Wednesday. I hope that not only you enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and practice, you know, go meditate, do some breath work, take an ice bath, or that you feel curious about adding a new practice to your self-development and transformation work. As always, if you can like, follow, subscribe the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it really helps just making that or adding a review really helps push the show up in the algorithm. And also follow me on Instagram at Blue Magic Alchemy, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development and transformational work, uh, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or on Instagram to set up a discovery call for integration coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing.